Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life podcast. My name is Ian Slattery and I'm joined today by Richard Temperley, our Head of Investment Development. Together we will be looking at the investment market performance and discussing Zurich's current fund positioning and how it may have changed over the last month. Uh, just a reminder that the Zurich Life podcast is available to download through the SoundCloud app and also on zurichlife.ie. You can also subscribe through both iOS and Android, which will allow you to download and listen offline. As always, this investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. So Richard, thank you for joining us today. Um, just get straight into it, I suppose. Do you want to give a, a brief overview of what happened in markets last month? Okay, thanks very much, Ian. Well, last month, markets uh, came off a little bit in euro terms, uh, and there was a mixed bag of returns amongst the individual markets. But we've got to remember that markets have been pretty strong so far in 2017, um, and the markets have been uh, moving upwards now for over eight years, and that, that trend has continued, as I say, in, in 2017. And I guess the reasons why markets have been so strong relate to you know, improving economic data globally, uh, good corporate earnings, and the expectation of an expansionary economic policy uh, by the US administration. Okay. I suppose there's a lot of talk last month about the effects that currency may have had um, on particular markets and returns for Irish investors. Yeah, the currency has been a critical factor, as we mentioned in the last month's podcast. Um, so a lot of the gains this year in local currency terms have been significantly eroded by the strength of the euro against the, the dollar. But it should be noted that the, the euro-dollar uh, rate has been trading in a fairly tight range for the last um, uh, last year or so, uh, it's just at the very top of that range at the moment, and that has, as I say, eroded local currency gains for the eurozone investor in many of the international markets. Perfect. And you mentioned there that I suppose economic growth has come back a bit, and uh, we're just going into the earnings season then as well. Um, Q2 in the earnings season is about to kick off in the US. Um, does this look promising? Um, I know a large number of financials have are due to give numbers this Thursday, for example. Yes, the, the, the results season is, is critical because the price earnings multiple of global markets are ab above average and therefore it's very important that the earnings, uh, the earnings results come through strongly. And as you said, Ian, the quarter two results season is about, is about to start uh, this week. Um, and so far we think the indications are looking reasonably good. There have been quite a few upgrades by analysts and there have been um, very few profit warnings so far. So it, it all goes well for a good quarter two results season. Perfect. And I suppose you, you mentioned there previously that world uh, equities were slightly down in euro terms for the month, but was there much uh, dispersion in different markets amongst that? Yes. Um, as I say, in, in, in euro terms, markets fell by just uh, under 1% in June, but they, they're up about 3.2% in euro terms for the first uh, six months of the year. And as I mentioned earlier on, there was a mixed bag of returns amongst the main markets. I mean, Japan was up about 2.8%. Uh, the worst performer was Europe, down by 2.8%. Uh, but we've got to remember that Europe has been a strong market and there was some profit-taking yeah. in Europe last month. Okay, perfect. And then, I suppose sector-wise, uh, was there much dispersion in performance this month, um, I suppose under the bonnet of the individual indexes? Well, yes, there was a very clear uh, distinction last month uh, in the sectors. Uh, first of all, financials were very strong. 
Um, they were up by about 6.3%. And of course, financials tend to perform well, well when bond yields are rising, which, which is what happened last month. Yeah. Um, and the corollary of that is that what we call bond proxy stocks underperformed last month. So things like telecoms and utilities were both down by about 3% last month. And another feature has been the technology sector, which has been driving the market so far this year. Um, when we look at what, what are called the FANG stocks, uh, yep. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix and Google, uh, these stocks, which I say have been driving the market in 2017, we saw some profit taking. So um, technology was down a bit last month, but year to date technology still is the best performing sector, up about 16.4%. Uh, the worst sector so far this year has been energy, which is down almost 14%. Okay, I suppose you, you mentioned rising bond yields a couple of moments ago, and as we know, that uh, yields and price are moving inversely to each other. Um, what was the performance of the, of the main Eurozone bond indexes last month? Okay, well, last month the uh, main index in Europe fell, the price fell by 0.7%, and it's down now by about 1.5% uh, so far this year. Um, so I think uh, the reason why bond markets were weak last month related to stronger economic data in the Eurozone and hints from the ECB President Mario Draghi that there may be tapering of quantitative easing at some point um, in the future and as I say this, this unsettled bond markets. Bonds of course um, were pretty weak in the second half of 2016 um, and you know they've been trading in a range so far for most of this year. German bond yields have been trading in a range between about 0.2 and 0.5 and in June the yield went up to almost 0.5 and interestingly in the last few days, in the first few days of, of July, we've seen the German bond yield break out of the range on the upside, just brief, just, just move just above the range and this could be significant. This could be the start of some further weakness in bond prices. So you mentioned there the German 10-year bond, which is probably seen as a key metric for Eurozone debt, and, and it's the yield itself is, is, is a key point. You just mentioned some of the trading ranges that it's been in uh, this year. Do you want to just maybe give us some context of, of where one might have hit a low um, in terms of where it's come from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, yields, if you go back maybe three or four years, were up near close to... 1.5% German bond yields, okay. but they've been, they've been falling and bonds have been doing very well as the, as the yield has fallen. And the yield fell to a, a negative yield of minus 0.19% in July of last year. As I say, it began to rise um, in the second half of last year and it's been trading in this tight range and now just broken on the upside, which is poor for, for bond prices. Okay, and I suppose in the US, which are probably slightly further ahead in terms of the interest rate cycle, um, did their bond yields follow suit? Yes, they did, but not, not, not as, as uh, extreme, but equivalent US bond yields as 10-year bond yields rose from 2.2 to 2.3%. Uh, but we've got to remember again that the low point for, for US bond yields last year was 1.36 in July of last year. So we've had a significant rise in US bond yields in the last 12 months. Okay, and we've you mentioned earlier some of the comments from the ECE President Mario Draghi in and around economic growth and interest rate expectations, as we know, can um, 
is a key component of bond price movements. Was there much change in interest rate expectations last month on both sides of the Atlantic? Well, not so much in Europe, but obviously uh, maybe the comments from Mario Draghi have, have, have had some influence there. But certainly we've had uh, two rate rises in the US. These are short-term interest rate rises in the US this year on the 15th of March and the 14th of June. The markets now anticipate, well, they're thinking there might be one more rate rise uh, this year uh, in December of this year, there may be a rise, but a 60% chance of a rate rise in December. But again, next year, there will probably be further rate rises in the US as, as the cycle normalizes. Yeah, okay, of course. Um, another key um, theme in the market, I suppose, in recent weeks has been commodity prices and oil in particular. Um, maybe do you want to elaborate on sometimes how commodity prices might be correlated to economic growth and how we're actually seeing something different in oil at the moment? Yes, I mean, uh, as a rough rule of thumb, commodity prices tend to rise as economic growth expands. Uh, and this has been the case um, last year and, and into this year. For many commodities, we've seen gold and copper prices, for example, rising. But the, um, the exception to the rule has been the oil price. And we've seen a pretty weak oil price during this year. Um, and that has dragged down the overall uh, commodity index because oil is a big component of that commodity yeah. index. Yeah, of course. And what are the key things influencing the oil market? You hear a bit about US shale production and then also OPEC in terms of what they've been trying to do on the production side. Yeah. Well, um, la we've got to remember, first of all, that last year oil price was very strong. We had a 50% rise in oil prices in 2016. But this year, in particularly the last um, you know, four months, the oil price has been very weak and we're down now, the oil price is down now by about 15% year to date. And as you mentioned, Ian, oil has been adversely affected by uh, an increase in shale oil production in the US, um, disappointment over the scale of OPEC's production cuts. Uh, and I think as well, the, the US's move to exit the Paris Climate Pact has also had a, a negative impact on the oil price. Okay, perfect. Um, a couple of other commodities that we probably have holdings in across some of our multi-asset funds as well would be um, gold and copper. Because gold might have suffered slightly recently just in terms of interest rate expectations and how it would respond to that. But what sort of movements has it seen, I suppose, over the last month, but then year to date as well? Yeah. Well, gold and uh, copper have been quite strong, particularly copper since the autumn of last year, but gold has been strong. Came off a little bit, as you mentioned there, Ian, last month, down about 2%, but gold is up 8% uh, in the first half of the year, you know, following through on the point that uh, with, with strengthening economic growth, commodities do tend to, to do well. Yeah, okay. Um, I suppose we, we spoke at length earlier on just in terms of the impact of the, the euro currency and, and its, um, how its strength has impacted Irish investors. What are some of the numbers behind that? What did we see in, say, the key euro-US dollar rate? Okay, well, uh, the euro has been a, a weak currency for some time, but in the last 12 months it has stabilised and it's trading in a range between 105 and 115 over, over the last, um, over the last uh, well over a year, in fact, it's been trading in this range. So um, last month the euro-dollar rate moved from 1.12 to 1.14, which is euro strength. Uh, and this year, the euro dollar rate uh, started at 1.05. So we've moved from 1.05 to 1.14, and that's pretty much at the top of the range. And uh, we'll obviously be watching closely to see, uh, does the euro break out on the upside and we have further euro strength. Um, we have taken down some of our dollar 
uh, exposures um, because the euro has been quite a strong currency and, and we don't want to have too much in the euro in the, in the dollar currency in, in, our, in our portfolios at the moment. Yeah, I suppose it's important to mention that if you are a, a global equity investor, the large majority of, of your assets will probably be denominated in US dollars given its, its large size in the, in the global index. Yeah, I mean, if, if we include the US and, and Hong Kong, which has a, 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 peg. a peg to the to the US dollar, um, you know, well over 50% of the market capitalization of the global market is in, in dollars. Um, if we look now to Xerox positioning, um, we would have maintained an overweight equity position um, for most of the year. Was that, was that held uh, throughout the month of June? Yes, we're close to the top of our equity ranges across our, our, multi-asset, our multi-asset funds. Um, this is based, uh, continues to be based on the relative value argument, i.e. that equities look much better value in yield terms than either bonds or cash. As I mentioned before, on a price earnings multiple, on a standalone valuation, equities are above fair value and we're watching that ratio quite closely and we're making sure that, that you know, we see that, that earnings come through strongly to make sure the PE multiple doesn't expand too, too much. So we're overweight equities, we're significantly underweight bonds. Um, we don't think the environment for bonds is positive and we don't see any value um, in Eurozone uh, long-dated bonds. So we've reduced the amount of bonds in our portfolios and we've also reduced the duration of those of the bonds that, that remain. Okay. Um, as regards the equity side, uh, as regards the, the geographical overweights, we remain overweight in Europe, uh, Asia, ex-Japan and Ireland. And last month we took down the US from overweight to, to a neutral position. Perfect. And I suppose then on, on sector positions, were they they changed too much during the month? Well, there were some changes, but broadly um, they were maintained. But a couple of changes, um, we increased the number of bank stocks in, in the portfolio to reflect the fact that bond yields are rising. As I say, uh, many financial stocks tend to perform well when yields rise. And we had already taken some profits in, in technology stocks at the beginning of the month. Technology stocks have done extremely well, but there's been some profit-taking uh, recently. We, had, we, took, we took them down early in the month. And overall, our funds are overweight in bank stocks and materials. Uh, we're close to neutral now in technology, and we're underweight in those bond proxy stocks I was referring to earlier on, yeah. namely utility companies and, and telecoms. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, that brings us to the end of the monthly investment update and thank you our listeners also for your time and i hope you enjoyed that in-depth analysis of both the markets and our fund positioning and just a reminder as well of course that uh, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on all the latest investment news please visit zurichlife.e thank you very much past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates the value of your investment may go down as well as up If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.